a lot of guys playing baseball, they end up getting burned out. And that was actually something that happened to me in my early childhood was I got burned out from playing so much baseball. So I took a step away from the game, just played football. I started picking up lacrosse, found something else to play. And then all of a sudden, I actually went to a Cubs game with when my brother and sister were in college. And it just like sparked that want to play baseball again. And ever since, like I've never taken it for granted and going to the cage and hitting and doing all the little things that matter now. I, I love doing that part of it where before my mom and dad were like, hey, we got to go to this practice or we got to do that. Now it's like, I can't wait to get in the car and get there and, and do the stuff that I got to do. Welcome back to the Bruce Bolt Podcast, where we talk with baseball's best and brightest. Uh, we're here in the new Bolt Pen today, not the bullpen, but the Bolt Pen. So there you go. Our new podcast studio. I'm your host, Chris Hall, head of marketing at Bruce Bolt. I'm here with founder and CEO Bear Mayer, as always, as always, my partner in crime. And today we've got a very special guest, one of our newest Bruce Bolt athletes, First round pick out of Georgia Tech, now a catcher with the New York Mets organization, Kevin Parada. Kevin, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. All right, Kevin, let's uh, start it off, I guess. You know, let's let's go into how's the season going? How are we feeling? You know, we're a couple months in. Um, yeah, just how's everything going? How are we performing? Feels good. Uh, spring training went really well and slowly get it's colder up in New York than I've ever played anywhere else. Uh, baseball wise, but uh, it's going well. We've uh, we're on a three game win streak, so everything's feeling good and feeling good at the plate and also behind the plate. What's that switch like for you, going from the warm weather to the cold weather, and kind of your adjustment between you know catching and hitting and this, that, and the other? Yeah, uh, catching is pretty much the same. Uh, it's obviously a little bit colder, so if you don't catch one perfectly, it's it's going to sting a little more. Uh, so I just wear a glove under. I actually wear a Bruce Bull, um, a black glove under. Come on. Uh, to protect, just, yeah, just to have a little bit more of a padding under my glove. Um, but hitting, especially with wood bats, you definitely notice a difference if you don't hit, if you don't hit it on the barrel. We have heaters in the dugout and it's not that cold. It's just really windy here in Brooklyn. Um, so the wind just makes it colder at night games. But, uh, yeah, the, Trying to keep your hands warm when you get in the box and everything, that's that's the biggest thing because you can keep the rest of your body warm with other cold gear. A few challenges, few challenges in the new environment to overcome colder weather. But, Kevin, I've been, you know, I did a little research, a little research before we, we jumped on the pod here. And, 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 bro, not just the team. Not just the team is doing good, but you're doing good. You're doing good. I mean, you know, not you don't you don't have to say it. You don't have to say it, but I can say it. I can say it. Um, <laughs> you know, just a you know a few uh, few quotes here. You know that I've been picking up. People been putting out on the internet. Uh, the New York Farm Director Kevin Howard. I don't know if you know him, but I mean, he likes. He's he's a fan of Kevin <laughs> Kevin Howard, New York Farm Director. He says. He looks he looks almost big league ready. Looks almost big league ready in his in his receiving, um, in his throwing. Um, obviously everybody, you know, they're talking great about your bat. They're talking, man, about how much you've improved your game just since you arrived in the organization, et cetera. Your plate appearances. I mean, brother, things sound like they're going well, man. 
yeah, everything's going well. It's just continuing to play the game and just every day. We play tonight as, against Aberdeen again. Um, and just every day just trying to get 1% better. Um, actually, I wouldn't even say 1% better because that's that's hard to do now. Uh, when you're younger, getting 1% better is a lot easier. But as you get up in levels, it's more like getting 0.01%. But over a long season, that's still a lot. Kevin, would you say that you're trying to be better? Be better. Yeah. That's that's it. That, that's, you know, Bruce, that's Bruce Bull's motto it's, it's is Bruce be better. So I, I threw that one in. You know. motto. You got to throw that in. <laughs> I had to throw it in real quick. <laughs> I thought it was it's good timing for it. <laughs> I love that. Um, you, you mentioned something right there, though, about when you're younger, it's easier to, you know, get 1% better. Aren't you – you're 21, if I'm not mistaken, right? We're the same age. Long career Correct. ahead of you, my yes. So I'd, I, would, I would still say we're pretty young, but I don't know. Maybe I'm I like wrong. That. I like that. No, no, yeah, we are we are young. Um, we're very young. It's it's just – I you definitely notice, especially in a game like baseball, when you play it your whole life, um, that it's like, Okay, from the age fifteen to sixteen, you can like see huge strides, and then all of a sudden you're eighteen years old, and you're like, "Wow, I'm hitting balls over the fence now." And then it's like, kind of as you continue to grow, it's harder to get better, but you still gotta find ways. And that's the thing I love about baseball is that you're never done. For sure, you definitely start to climb that pyramid the older you get, and it it takes away, you know, some of the kids who maybe don't care as much about the game, or you know, they have another sport they care about. You start to climb that pyramid. You get to the point where everyone's just everyone cares just as much. Everyone's just as good. You got to find those little separating factors. You got to work that little bit harder. So that's it's a good way to put that into perspective for sure. I I love Absolutely. I love this mindset of getting better, even if it's just point one percent every day. And obviously, you know, the older the older you get, the harder it is. But that mindset, I think, in the end, is ultimately what sets people apart. You know, especially you keep going and then eventually you get to certain levels, you know, it's like, hey, man, everybody's good. You know, everybody can hit a ball. Everybody can throw the ball. You know, everybody's got their warm up routine. You know, they're dialed in with how they can recover and et cetera, et cetera. But that mindset and that attitude of getting just that much better. Just the little day. things you do different. Exactly. Little things you do different, a little bit more that you care. It'll definitely get you. Obviously, I was one of the people that kept climbing that pyramid. <laughs> just to, just to <laughs> this guy, this guy, you're doing a, you're doing well for yourself. I'm, cl I'm climbing a different hey, pyramid. You're uh, climbing. Absolutely, pyramid. we all have, our, we all have different pyramids that we, we strive to climb, and you are doing just fine with that. I can, I can assure you that. Well, I appreciate that, We're on Kevin. The same page, Kevin. I appreciate We're on the same that. Page. Um, all right. Before we get a little too, or before we get more baseball centric, I know we just kind of talked baseball for a little yeah. bit there, but let's find out for everyone who's kind of watching this and for, I guess, a little bit ourselves. I, I met you back down in uh, Port St. Lucie, kind of talk, got to talk to you a little bit, but I guess for Chris here, who is Kevin Parada? Where did you grow up? Um, what was life like growing up for you? Did you play multiple sports? Just tell us all about it. Yeah, um, I, I grew up in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, I have an oldest sister and then an older brother, and they're my sister's 28, my brother is 27, so I'm a little bit younger. There's a little bit more of an age gap between me and them than those two together. Um, but yeah, I grew up with a good household, really strong family foundation. My 
my family's always been very huge in my life. It's it's actually funny you guys are talking to me today. And my parents are coming into town um, right. <laughs> for the games this weekend. That's awesome. It's the first time I've seen them since spring training. Um, wow. But yeah, no, it's I grew up with a very educated household that was very just loving and supportive of anything we did. It didn't really matter. My parents have always been that way where it's if you find something you love, strive for it and go after it. And if you fall short, we're we're there to help you up if you need it. And if not, we we've raised you guys in a way that you can pick yourself up on your own. But yeah, I, I grew up playing all everything. I think I started playing baseball like when I could start swinging a wiffle ball bat, um, wow. probably around the age of three, because my brother was playing Little League and my sister was playing softball at the time. So I, lo- I loved playing baseball. But then my dad coached high school football for a long time at my high school. So I football and baseball, I say, were my two main sports. And I mean, like a lot of a lot of guys uh, in the end that end up playing baseball, they end up getting burned out and that was actually something that happened to me in my early childhood was I got burned out from playing so much baseball. So I took a step away from the game and just played football. I started picking up lacrosse because that was actually a sport that my dad played in college at Stanford, um, just on the club side. And my brother was playing that in high school. So I, I found something else to play. And then all of a sudden, I actually went to a, a Cubs game with when my brother and sister were in college. And it just like sparked that want to play baseball again. And ever since, like I've never taken it for granted and um, going to the cage and hitting and doing all the little things that matter now, it's a lot. It, I, I love doing that part of it where before it, it could have been a bear at times because my mom and dad were like, hey, we got to go to this practice or we got to do that where now it's like, I can't wait to get in the car and get there and, and do the stuff that I got to do. That, so this to me is is incredible, Kevin. It sounds like your family was, you know, maybe sports centric isn't the right word, but definitely totally engaged in sports, doing a ton of things. Your dad's coaching football, etc. So you guys are, you know, pointedly into all kinds of different athletic endeavors. Obviously, you're a pro baseball player now, man. And but yeah. but earlier on in your childhood at a certain point you get burned out isn't that unique though i mean yeah, that bro, he got burnt out exactly and then he came back that's crazy man i've never i've, I've never, never heard actually that. heard that from anyone i've never heard that which i mean it makes sense like i mean obviously you can always get burnt out but i think it's kind of cool to hear that especially for any any like the kids or the parents who are watching this like i think you're the first person i've ever heard from that got burned out on a sport took some time out got into other things and then caught the fever later on and and now man you're doing it professionally at such a high level first time i've ever heard of that that to me is so impressive i think both for the kid and on the parent side as a parent you know maybe if you were super into baseball and man, you're pouring all kind of time and investment and money into helping your kid go everywhere and play this and that you probably want them to stick with the game, you know? You might be a little disappointed if they got yeah. burned out. Man, what an impressive situation where you just had the room to explore, do what you were interested in, and then lo and behold, look, look where you are today. That's incredible. Yeah, my my parents have always been supportive. Now, 
when I decided to go back to baseball, there was that conversation I was old enough to understand where they're like, hey, like, there's only so much money in the world that we have to be able to support whatever you decide to do. So we can't, they're like, we can't keep bouncing back and forth from all these different sports. But yeah, my parents have always been very supportive in that way of just like, hey, you, you got to do what you got to love. And sometimes you fall, you don't fall out of love necessarily, but you're just like, I need some time away. And that's how I was. And I, that's why I also recommend to any kid that ever asked me anything about wanting to be a professional baseball player or even a college baseball player, or whatever level that they strive to be at. It's play multiple sports, do multiple things, wow. like do things that you love, even if it's not baseball or it's not a sport. My parents always um, have strived to do that um, and instill that in us where like my dad obviously coached football and he played his sports in college, but he also told me like, yeah, at school, I found that I like doing photography for fun and other things. So it's always been a huge impact in my life is that my parents are very supportive in whatever we want to do. And they'll do whatever they can to help make that happen. But they they've always wanted us to try different things because you never know what your avenue is going to end up being and what you fall in love with in life. That's you know, awesome. On today's list of things you just love to hear, supportive parents. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I've got. A, I've actually got a question, and I think I, I think I know the answer. But when you took your break from baseball and you went and played football and lacrosse and everything athletically did that help you out when you came back to baseball like did you did you find areas that you excelled in because you went and played another sport yeah I played I actually played football all the way till my sophomore year of high school so I've I've I always continued to play football in the fall my my family was definitely like hey baseball springtime football fall well I'd say summer to fall because everybody knows if you've played any ounce of football it starts end of July, beginning of August, right. and you ain't done till, till November, December, depending on where, where you're playing. Um, but yeah, yeah, my my parents have always believed that's like, hey, we want you to do something. It doesn't matter what. And I do believe like doing these different workouts and moving different ways. I've learned, I was able to learn a lot about my body, even my senior year of high school, where I had stopped playing football, and I was just playing baseball. I decided I kind of got bored just doing baseball at the time where I needed, I wanted to do something else athletically. So I started swimming with our water polo team in my high school, which is, they were elite. And I remember the first week of practice, it was like a Friday after like three or four days of swimming. And we go to the beach in, in California and they're like, all right, we're going to swim out to that buoy in the middle of the ocean. And I mean, it was probably like a half mile swim or a mile swim. It was a long swim. Wow. <laughs> and I like, I will never do that ever again in my life unless, unless I, I like absolutely have to. Um, but yeah, like just doing things like that where you just experience something else. And obviously I was fortunate enough to be at a team where they were so elite and you had plenty of guys going to college for water polo that they understood the work ethic. And I was like, this is a different, like that's a different level. Like it's, I mean, every sport is, is difficult in its own way, but I, I have a lot of respect for them because they're swimming in a pool forever. They're treading water. And then all of a sudden now you have a guy that's on, on you playing defense and you're trying to score a goal. It's, 
it's impressive that's incredible water polo i like when you mentioned water polo i that like i don't think enough people realize or like even know the sport to realize just how hard that has to be on your body i mean so hard it's ridiculous i'm i yeah i think this is incredible very valuable perspective because what what i see is that the pressure to specialize has only gotten younger and younger and younger specialize as in only play one sport as in you know by the age of five or six you got to have it determined what you're going to do what you're going to specialize in and only focus on so that you can become the world's best this is incredible perspective that not only can it work out should you not specialize by the age of five and a half, but purposefully doing so, purposefully playing other sports can enhance your work ethic, your mindset, your body, help you develop and, and thrive. That diversity of play can thrive in whatever sport you do eventually specialize in and focus on. That's awesome, Kevin. I love you. Chris, I don't think I could have said it any better myself. So, so um, Kevin, this is awesome. I'm sure, bro, you ripped it up in high school. I mean, if you're playing at Georgia Tech, now you're with the New York Mets organization. Tell us about that transition, getting recruited. What what was it like for you getting recruited out of high school? What was that experience? Yeah, um, you know, I, I knew I had some type of talent, but I, I wasn't really sure what it was, you know, obviously that's, I, I actually commend high, um, like college recruiters cause it's hard to be able to tell how a guy at 15 years old, 16 years old is going to look at 18, 19, 20. And I mean, even pro scouts that do that as well, but, um, I definitely knew I was very coordinated and athletic and, obviously playing multiple sports, but I kind of just went out there and played the game that I love. And slowly as the years went on in high school, I noticed that I was like, okay, I'm definitely better than most of my peers. When, <laughs> yes. um, like, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, you don't, I like, I didn't really notice that because a lot of, even in high school, a lot of guys going back to specializing, they were only playing baseball my freshman year, my sophomore year, all the way up where I was still playing football. So realistically, there was three, four or five months out of the year where I might have done a little bit of baseball, but I really wasn't focused on that. So, um, you know, it was it was awesome because I knew that like I had an opportunity with Georgia Tech. Um, and during the summertime, I went and played in these tournaments. And then the first time that I figured out that I was actually possibly good enough to play um, professionally was my junior year of high school, uh, which I wouldn't even consider myself a late bloomer um, by any means. But my junior year of high school, I decided to stop playing football because my hitting coach uh, basically told me, he's like, you're hit. We have all these, this data now and like the hit tracks and all those different technologies. And he goes, what you're doing as a junior in high school, like the data so far, he's like, that is not normal. He oh, goes, that's oh. not normal. And I, and he goes, what I'm telling you right now. And I've never, I, he's like, I'm the biggest supporter of playing multiple sports and everything. He goes, you need to take a shot 
and focus on baseball. Come on, which baby. by that time, yeah, which by that time I was committed to Georgia Tech to play baseball. So I was like, all right, like I think I'm good enough to play in college. Um, but I didn't really know the levels of that. And then all of a sudden my junior year, I decided to play in like those the bigger tournaments that were hosted for amateurs and those all happened in the fall. And so I ended up going to Jupiter and playing and as a junior against all the seniors and ended up winning the MVP of that tournament. And that was like my first click where people were like, Oh, you might need to get an agent. And my (laughs) dad and I are like looking at, looking at people like, what, what does that even entail? What does that even mean? Like we're, we are completely lost, but yeah, it was, that was my first click of this might be something real. And then it just took off from there. That's hilarious. Uh, it's got to be – it had to have been a great feeling for your hitting coach to look you in the eyes and go, listen, I think you need to – I think you need to just put all the effort here. I mean, you're like – you're this good. Wow. I can't imagine hearing that. That would have – I mean, I, I would have tried to hide it on the outside, but <laughs> on the inside, I would have been jumping like a, like a little kid. Wow, man. Pushing the chips. I got the data. This isn't normal. It's time to go for this. <laughs> you're time. not normal, Kevin. You, you built yeah. different. <laughs> Kevin built different parada. At this point, you're getting the down low. Hey, you need to get an agent. Man, you ended up going to Georgia Tech instead of going directly to the pros out of high school. And what did that decision look like for you? You know, it was, it's an interesting decision because it wasn't easy, but it was also like almost made easier for me. 2020 happened, obviously COVID year. Right. That was my senior year of high school. Um, and so I didn't get a full season in high school. and Looking back at it, I, I truly believe the way that I started off that high school season, if I got a full season playing, I probably would have been drafted out of high school and ended up going to professional baseball straight. But my biggest thing was I wasn't sure about living on my own yet. And that's like a that's a hard step for a lot of guys. And with college happening where you get a taste of living on your own, but there's still plenty of support around that if you ever need something, they're there. I thought that it was the best opportunity for me, although there was some money put on the table my senior year where I was like, you know what? I think taking the chance at Georgia Tech was the best option for me, especially since it's known as Catcher U. And I think it would be a good challenge and test to see where I really am at. And I, I couldn't be happier that I made that decision. And obviously in the long run, it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. I think being drafted 11th overall, I'd, I'd say it pays off. I'd say it worked out. Good decision. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you had plenty of other offers, but did you have any other schools that you considered or like what were your biggest offers besides Georgia Tech? And, you know, what was the process like for you and your parents kind of figuring that one out? Well, You'll be shocked, and I think this is probably the easiest process of all time, but my only offer was Georgia. No, bro. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't believe it, Kevin. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe it, bro. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Bro. Now, I yes, I did commit my sophomore year, but um, the, way, the way things worked out, it was like, it just felt like it was meant to be, you know? I had a couple of schools that were like talking to me, but they weren't really like, hey, we're going to offer you. They were just like, we're interested. We have to see more. And I was like, okay. like Which that's a that's a hard thing as a high schooler to be able to take and just be like, all right, well, are you really interested or are you 
uh, are you kind of interested, you know? But yeah, Georgia Tech ended up being my only offer. And when I visited the school, just everything felt like home and it just felt right. And so I took that chance and look where I'm at now. <laughs> Who, whose hand can we shake at Georgia Tech for being one of the smartest people in sports? I mean, I don't know, I don't know where, where everybody else's head was at. Um, uh, Georgia Tech is a good offer to have as your only offer. Yeah. I'd say I, I feel like a lot of people would be happy with one offer from Georgia Tech. I mean, that's incredible. Wow. That's uh, I'm but good on good on that guy. Good on them. Good on them. Good I mean, on that guy. I mean, we're making good decisions out here. Guy got yeah. a raise. <laughs> yeah. Give that man it's, a it's, raise. It's, kind of, it's really funny. Um, I mean, I would say in a, in a way he got a raise. So basically my agent now was the recruiting coordinator or the assistant at the time at Georgia Tech. Wow, brilliant. Yeah, and, he was a, and he was a catcher. So wow. Now, like, he ended up having to move. He was from California, so he had to move back to California. And just it all worked out where basically my going into my senior year of high school, he became my agent and Coach Hall honored my scholarship and everything at Georgia Tech. And now he's my agent. So <laughs> I'm just hearing great stories left and right. Yeah. Right now. So <laughs> this is great, bro. <laughs> I love it. This is this is a fun one. You're at Georgia Tech. Uh, you you just got there. You're a freshman. What was it like, you know, day to day for you? You know, having to juggle classes, baseball. You just came from California. What was the culture change like for you, if if any? And then what was that day to day like? Yeah, um, it was awesome. You know, I mean, school wasn't too bad for me. Like it's Georgia Tech is difficult. It's not it's not for everybody, but it wasn't unbearable. I decided to go through um, the marketing path. I wasn't going to be an engineer and I knew that about myself since day one. <laughs> so that made it a little bit easier, but mind you, I still had to take calculus at some point in my college career, Ouch. all those different, um, yeah, that was <laughs> tough class. <laughs> Ouch. But you know, it was, it was interesting again, because it was COVID still like it was, the end of, well, I wouldn't say necessarily the end of COVID, but that time where they're trying to figure things out, but still get people in class and everything. So it was very different. And I almost spent more time at the ball fields because I didn't really necessarily have to go to class like physically all the time, you know, like a lot of professors were putting things online and lectures where they're like, hey, watch this recording and then do the assignment by the end of the week. So my class schedule went from a hardcore Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday class or whatever, however it went to, I was like, you know what, I have this two hour span um, where I don't have any tests or anything. So I'm just going to watch this class real quick and then make sure I do the homework by the end of the week. So then I could end up spending five, six hours at the baseball field and do whatever I needed to do to prepare to be the best baseball player I could be. That's incredible, Kevin. What I'm hearing is that actually the uniqueness of the COVID situation, the restrictions, and and everybody, you know, doing online classes and such, that actually may have given you more time to develop as a player, spending more time at the ball field. In some ways, that may have uh, enhanced or quickened your your improvement as a player when you got to Georgia Tech. Is that right? Absolutely. Baseball is an outdoor sport. So it's true. We had a lot less restrictions than some other sports. And so it was a lot easier to 
get your work in and do the things you need to do. It was funny. I had I had Mark Teixeira in my marketing class last year. Wow. Um, so I got to, because he decided to come back and finish his degree. But the year before he like just started the schooling. And I remember his first thing that he said to me is he goes, Kevin, you're way too talented. He goes, your degree is in baseball and your minor <laughs> is in <laughs> so he's like he's like he's like i was the same way and you just gotta roll with it. and he's like wow. because the bait he's like truthfully the baseball is going to take you a lot farther in your life than than your degree and i said i i mean him saying that being that candid with me was was pretty awesome because then it's like i knew seeing him go back and finish his degree it still was a level of importance to him but he's like this he's like where how your life and your talent is this is what's going to be your stepping stone for a, a lot more opportunities. Wow. That yeah. is incredible. What I take from that is Mark Deshera just told me I've got a career in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah pretty much. Bro. I'm like, that's great. Thank you, Mark. I love that you're back in your degree, but could you repeat it one more time? I'm going to turn on voice memos real quick. Say that again <laughs> if you would. And then could you tweet that? Maybe also. say it a little slower <laughs> at me on Twitter, <laughs> at Kevin Carlos. <laughs> As we wind it down, you know, you were drafted to the Mets, 11th overall. Is How so far do you like playing for the Mets organization? I mean, one of the one of the most historic organizations in baseball, in my opinion. Um, you're getting to play high A ball right now for them. It's, it's got to be an incredible experience, what the Mets are doing and how they're kind of updating their system compared to every other, every other team. They're, like Steve Cohen's really taking care of the minor leaguers like in a way that's never been seen before. I just kind of want to get your perspective on that. Cause it's, I've got to imagine it's, it's incredible to get to play for that organization right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is incredible. You hear, you hear about the horror stories of the minor leagues from past times, even certain things that you hear from other guys and what the Mets do and how they take care of us. It's, it's awesome. I mean, we get fed awesome. We travel well like even our living situations are awesome but then it's like every basically what i figured out with the mets is that every single technology or thing that you think can help you develop better or help the mets win they are all in about about funding that and making it happen you know like i saw a couple days ago that someone mentioned to steve cohen about putting a retractable roof on city field because of tired of the cancellations in the spring with the rain in New York. And I was laughing because he's, he actually probably is serious about that. Like he would, 100%. I would not be surprised if all of a sudden a year or two years from now, they're like, Oh yeah. Um, construction at the end of this season, they're going to add a, a roof over the stadium because they're tired of games getting canceled. It's like, it's, it's different stuff like that. You're just like, I mean, everyone knows it's a different level of money that's being willing to be spent, but they, yeah, it's, they, they talk about with the Mets always being best in class. And I think that's the, the coolest thing is that they, they really don't shy away from that. Like they, if something needs to be fixed, they fix it. Like they're, they're always about trying to make us better and allow and give us every opportunity to become the best. And that's, that's what I love about them and them even just pushing me as a player to become my best version of myself. That's awesome. That's that's how it should be. That's I mean, 
I know, I know, I know uh, Steve Cohen said this, but you guys are investments and he wants to make sure his investments, you know, he keeps, he takes care of y'all, which I love. Cause I mean, that's how it should be. You know, these, these owners, they, they all have the money to do it and they need to need to make sure that y'all are in a good place and you're ready for, for that time you're called up. I mean, at some point y'all are all gunning for it. Someone's going to get there. I love what he's doing with the organization and I'm happy that you're getting to be a part of that for sure. Lastly, before we hit our lightning round, I always like to ask you guys just how you found Bruce Bolt. This is a small company. I started this back when you and I were sophomores in high school. We're in our house right now. This is the house that it was started in. I just love to, you know, kind of hear how you found out about it and what made you want to work with the company. Yeah, I I heard about Bruce Bolt. I would say probably my freshman year of college was when I first heard about them on the scene and as a company. And then once I got into pro ball, it was kind of like I'm in the market for batting gloves because it used to be in college, you would just use whatever. Um, and I used the Franklins, um, but I'd always heard great things about Bruce Bolt. And I have saw so many guys wearing them. So just that was my first interaction with it was really just like, hey, it's a new company or a newer company and they look like they have good values and what's important to them, but also like they take the time to put quality into their product and not just like throw something out there and stick a logo on it every single time and just use and will give you hundreds and hundreds of whatever you need. And that's, I mean, I'm huge about that. Like I love quality and I love people that take the time and the craftsmanship and what they do. And so I was, I was fully on board about trying the batting gloves because I'd heard great things about them. And once I got a pair or a couple pairs to try out, like I've honestly fallen in love with them. And I, I don't really see myself using any other type of batting glove, at least in my professional career. You are a career. smart man. Thank Kevin. you. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. I mean, you are. I, I can tell. High IQ, very intelligent guy. Georgia Tech. Assuredly, bring a, surely bring you went a tear to, to my eye at that answer. Tears to the eyes, um, Kevin. No, thank you though. Yeah, I appreciate that, and we're glad to have you. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on board. Chris. We're glad you're on team, Bruce Bolt. Now, lightning round before we close out here, Kevin. I'm just going to ask you a few of the most important questions you've ever heard, and <laughs> and you just you just answer whatever comes top of mind. You know, top of mind. You don't have to think about it too long. Um, you know, we're in the tree of trust here, Kevin. It's just you and me and Bear. There's there's, there's not the whole globe listening to us necessarily right now, but of course they will later. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're here right now. Favorite junk food, Kevin Parada. Favorite junk food. Oh, I don't know. I like I like cheesecake. I, I That one's a hard one. I like cheesecake. I like all types of cakes. I like lemon bars. I'll, I'm pretty much just a... I'm a, I'm a, I got a bad sweet tooth. We'll just, we'll just say that. You got that sweet tooth. I can tell. Lemon yeah. bars, dangerous. What a key lime pie. Are you a key lime pie guy? Uh, is it too guy? Uh, is it too tall? I mean, I'll pretty much eat most desserts that are put in front of me. If so, <laughs> yeah. If someone, if someone offers that dinner, you know, like you, you have those times where I'm like, nah, I'm good. But like, if we're out and about and you're like, Hey, do you want, I'm, this chocolate cake is amazing. You best believe that I'm going to try that chocolate cake and let you know. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, last meal on earth. This is the last This is the last time. It's your last meal on earth. What are you eating, Kevin? Uh, surf and turf. Eight ounce filet mignon, a lobster tail, 
with mashed potatoes. Asparagus is my favorite vegetable. And then I'll probably have some crazy dessert to go with it. That one feels like it's been thought out. For sure. That was like <laughs> off the dome. You you, had exactly it. what the meal was, too. It wasn't just surf and turf. It, it was yeah. the meal. Eight ounce filet mignon. I love that. Yeah, all the way down. You had that one. If you were an animal, Kevin, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? You know, I'm a... My zodiac sign's a Leo, so I would like to say a lion, but I think it would be really fun to be an elephant for a day. Yeah. You know, like it's just, I, I wonder what it's like to be that big and just take up that much space and just see the world like from that it. level. Kevin, someday there's there's going to be there's going to be a Kevin Parada movie that's made. I'm sure it's coming at some <laughs> point. There's going to be a movie that's going to be made. What actor is playing Kevin Parada? Who who's going to oh. be you in that movie? Bro? Oh, I don't know. I think I'd like to play myself. You know? Oh, kind of, oh his own actor. Right, you know, that. like that would be that would be a fun little like gig for me. You know, just to make. <laughs> I wouldn't say so much a movie. I'd probably be more like a documentary. Um, but I think that would be really cool or at least be a part of it. As far as like the younger version of me at that point, I I couldn't tell you. But I think it would be fun to like play a part in a movie like There's that. been plenty of athletes turned actor. I mean, yeah. I can see it. There's I'm, no there's yeah. no doubt in my mind. I love it. You're going, you're going the, uh, you know, the Kobe, the LeBron route, you know, just get into, get M into MJ, MJ LeBron. Route. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Kobe got into making movies and what, you know, what movie stuff. did Kobe make? Well, it's not, I'm or, actually, or producing. Okay. Producing. Okay. You know, there we go. On the producer. I don't want to get too off topic. So okay. I tried to hold myself back. It's my bad. <laughs> your number, your number, you know, I don't know, Kevin, if you listen to Spotify, whatever platform you use to listen to I'm iTunes, fine. I'm fine Spotify. with, yeah, it's fine. Google, uh, I mean, whatever, okay, YouTube. But if you were on Spotify, what would be number one on your Spotify? What's what's coming back again and again? What's at the top of the list for you? Who are you? Oh, um, I mean, I love, I like country. So like I'll listen to Morgan Wallen, um, but my heart and like what I grew up with my my parents and everything like is like 80s, 80s rock. Nickelback. Come on, bro. Wow. Like... You know, Fleetwood Mac, Aerosmith, you just, yeah, that's my, that's the real true Kevin Parada right there. Like, I do enjoy country music um, now and not a big rap guy. I'm definitely like more I knew, I knew I liked you. We knew that we knew that we liked you, bro. Great, great taste. Big country guy from Georgia Tech yeah. playing for the Mets. I mean, and, and what all, can be better? And all the 80s rock that one can handle in your back pocket. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great answer. Favorite favorite holiday and why? Ooh, I mean, I like Christmas and Thanksgiving from spending time with family, but I'd say probably the most fun holiday for me is Fourth of July. You know, wow. everyone everyone's it's summertime. Everyone's in a good mood. Like you're not worried about oh maybe I see that that cousin I don't want to see or whatever, <laughs> you know. And it's just Fourth of July. You have fun. You celebrate America and everyone's usually at the beach or on a lake and just having a good time with each other. Great reasons. A true patron. Maybe but favorite, favorite childhood TV show. Oh man. Scooby-Doo. All right. All right. I've heard no wrong answers. I like that. I like <laughs> that. Kevin, you are welcome back at, at another time. You know, we don't extend that invite to everyone. I'm just kidding, but you are welcome back at another time. Dream vacation, dream vacation. 
Where are you going? Maybe you're buying a little villa once you get there. Where are you heading? I'm a beach bum, but I think this has always been something on my mind. I I love James Bond. And so one day I want to roll a night like James Bond, dress up in a tuxedo, rent like a Ferrari in Monaco and have a good time and maybe like another day where it's like you get to just spend time on a yacht like I just think that's like that's that my life my life sometimes I just want to be like James Bond and I that's my James Bond vacation (laughs) you know there there is a new James Bond that's needed there's a new I mean they need a new guy for 007 James Bond starring Kevin Parada acting career after the documentary exactly you already talked about the acting (laughs) career just putting it out there. Last, last but not least, if you weren't playing baseball, what would you be doing, Kevin? That's a tough one. You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I would be in school right now, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought about it that much because my life has been able to take this turn. But I, I just like doing things. Like I know what I know something I would like to do after baseball if money isn't an issue one bit and. I can kind of do whatever I want to do. I'd love to just teach kids, you know, like I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy, um, I almost want to like teach a class on life and maybe to high schoolers or something where you kind of just can ask any life skills type of things. Um, a lot of stuff that you don't really necessarily learn um, in college or in high school, or it's like something that you have to learn on your own, like even as stupid as it sounds, but like taxes and how to write a check and what's a credit card do and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of people don't actually understand or know. And I feel like that's something I would want to educate people on. I think that, I think there is room for that in schools for sure. For sure. I, I didn't know what a tax was until I had to pay one. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, I do know what the powerhouse of a cell is, but taxes don't (laughs) ask me about that. Yeah. Well, I, I'll just say, I'll just say, Kevin, if you ever want to come to Austin, Texas, watch Scooby-Doo, become, become the next 007 and teach that class, we're going to host you. <laughs> we're going to come. We're going to have a great time. I mean, I feel, I mean, I'm extending the invite. I didn't talk to you, Barry. That's, but, that's fine by me. You know, extend okay. the invite to Kevin. We, Kevin, we love you here at Bruce Bolt. So that's right. anytime you want to show up, you just let us know. For Kevin, sure. uh, we love what you're doing, man. Love seeing the success that you're having. Love it that you're on team Bruce Bolt. Man, you've gone from California to Atlanta, Georgia. Man, now you're in Brooklyn working with an incredible organization in the New York Mets and love seeing your development. And bro, I, I, I know you're rocking the bolts right now in Brooklyn. I think not too long, you're going to be rocking the bolts on higher and higher levels. And we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. For sure. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Bruce Bolt podcast. First one in the Bolt pen. That's right. We'll see you guys next time with our next guest who is TBD. But we uh, can't wait to have you guys back. And Kevin, thank you again for hopping on.